Welcome, welcome to the No Greater Joy podcast brought to you by the pastors here at Grace Baptist Church. Uh, we want for our people what Jesus wants for his people, and that's to no greater joy. And we're convinced that there is no greater joy for God's people when they step into the areas of being a 24-7 worshiper, a go person, and an alongsider. Steve Strong, lead pastor here at Grace. To my right, associate pastor Andreas Bailey. And across from the table, Ryan Atkins, serving in the Timothy position. And a huge thank you to Dan Craniac, member here at Grace, producing this and uh, making it happen. So, uh, so guys, what we want to talk about this episode is what it means to be an alongsider and uh, to give our people a little bit of uh, some direction, maybe a, hopefully be a little bit of a catalyst as to what it means to be an alongsider, what it looks like, but also to provide what is some, what's a biblical foundation and some good expectations of what it means. So I think uh, we want to kind of discuss three big questions in thinking about being an alongsider. Uh, where, what is it? Where do we see it in Scripture? Uh, how do we see it modeled in Scripture? Or maybe who are some people in Scripture that are an example for us of alongsiding? And, uh, and then this third question I think is a good one for us to think through uh, is, what are the areas of Christ-likeness that I should be looking for in someone that I am coming alongside? Um, you know, we have the expectation of being an alongsider. And if I'm going to be intentional with someone in their spiritual growth, having some sort of objective or standard that maybe we're looking for. All right. Um, so let's let's just kind of start off with that first question. Number one, you know, what is being an alongsider? And what kind of foundation for this idea do we see in Scripture? What one of you guys... Start running with that. Yeah, I, I think about alongsiding, and the first thing that comes to my mind is simply just doing life with people. Yep. You know, that's that's uh, how I've come to understand what it means to to come alongside someone or disciple them is honestly just doing life with them. Uh, that could be in many different uh, forms, uh, but doing life with them. Uh, I think that we see it. In several places in Scripture, we see it in different relationships all throughout Scripture. Uh, I know we'll get to those relationships later, but, yep, just simply doing life with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting, uh, some of the interviews that we've been able to have for this podcast, yeah. it's yeah. been clear that um, people have been pivotal. Yeah. Not just maybe uh, an organization or... Or, or anything. It's just or been a program. Or a program. Yeah. It's been it's significant people in mm -hmm. their lives that have encouraged ministry, helped them get ready for ministry. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think I think about uh, just the time in my life when I I was being alongside it, but I didn't realize it was when I was uh, helping out in high school and into college with a ministry called Christian Sports International, and we would run these like baseball camps in the summer, and we would travel all throughout Western PA. And it would just be myself and Mr. Grinder, uh, who was the uh, the president of the organization at the time. And I didn't realize, but every time I got in the car with him and we would drive to a different baseball camp, what was happening in that moment was yeah. he was coming <clears throat> alongside me. Yeah. And he was asking me questions and challenging me in different areas. Um, so, yeah, doing life with people. Yeah, I just think of it as the 
you know, that relationship, doing life with people, but being intentional about that and, and seeking it out, um, seeking to both being alongside or for someone and also to being open to being alongsided yourself. Sure. Yep. I think <clears throat> as I, I was threw down a couple words here as I was thinking about this, I like maybe I'll start describing it this way, but I think it's sanctification via relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. sanctification that God is bringing about in a person's life that is encouraged and kind of spurred on by relationship. And I think it really, a couple of different passages that I think speak to this. Um, I think, first of all, you have the Great Commission, Matthew mm-hmm. 28, you know, go into all the world, wherever you're going, make disciples. And how do you do that? It's teaching, mm-hmm. you know? And so that involves a level of discipleship, a level of not just, um, you know, handing information over to mm-hmm. a person, yeah. but sharing their life with them and spilling over into them. I like um, a couple other ones. Ephesians chapter 4 is probably one of your core passages when it comes to church ministry. And our role as pastors is not so much to do the ministry, but to equip the people, the saints, to equip God's people to do the work of ministry. And the work of ministry is defined there, not as help teaching them how to work in the nursery, how to uh, run the sound, how to, to teach Dan how to, to do everything with the tech here, with the podcast. And, you know, it, that's the ministry is salvation mm-hmm. and then discipleship, which is coming alongside. Mm-hmm. And it's equipping them to come alongside of another person who then they are going to teach what it is to follow Jesus Christ. Uh, and in a lot of ways, every person who's listening to this podcast, everyone who's sitting in every one of those chairs, that's the way they contribute to ministry, mm-hmm. is alongside, is coming along and saying, hey, do you know Jesus? If you don't, let me, t- let me show you. And then let's follow Jesus together. I'm going to teach you how to do that. Or we're going to learn together. But it's being intentional in that. Um, one of the other passages that I, I think is important in thinking about alongsiding is 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12 is talking about the spiritual gifts, but then here and then in Romans 12, it presents the body of Christ as a human body. Mm-hmm. And it gives the illustration. And everybody working for the common good. Yep. And of course, Jesus describes what that good is. It's the glory of God. It's Christ-likeness. But then there are a number of different statements that Paul makes in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that um, no one, you know, no one can say to another part of the body, we don't need you. You know, like the foot can't say to the hand, oh, we got no need of you. The eye can't say to the knee, oh, there's no need. No, everybody is needed. There's not one part that can minimize other parts. And there's not one part that's maybe more important than others in their role. It's all the same. Everyone, it, you know, for a body to function correctly, every part needs to be doing its role. Mm-hmm. And it can't depend on others. Um, in fact, when one part is failing, it has an impact on the other ones. Um, so I, I like that illustration, and I'm glad that Paul brings that up. And that, uh, listen, here at Grace Baptist Church, every person is valuable. Every person, but is, every person is needed. 
mm-hmm. to take up this mantle, so to say, and disciple and to come alongside. Where else do you guys see it in Scripture? I mean, just uh, in the Gospels, as Jesus is interacting with the 12 disciples, mm-hmm. you know, that's probably the, uh, is that the Sunday school answer to kind of point to that? But, it, but it's so obvious to me that that's, that's like our best example is just to see the time that he took walking and yeah. talking mm-hmm. and praying with and just really, like you were saying, Dre, just doing life with these men and preparing them for their future. Yep. It's, you know, in a future podcast, uh, we have an interview with a guy named Thad. And um, he, uh, you know, we just talk about in evangelism, it's seeing everything that we're going to be doing, uh, seeing it in a different way, reorienting our lives that, you know, going to work, I need to be seeing that as an opportunity for the gospel. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing within the body of Christ. You know, every moment we have with another believer is an opportunity. You know, hey, have, you know, have you thought about Jesus this week? Have you, how you been praying? Have you, you know, your time in the Word? Have you, um, you know, any number of different kind of questions? Um, it's changing our mindset on every relationship that we have. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, Paul tells Timothy in First Timothy chapter 1, and in the second Timothy chapter two uses this word in trusting. You know, he says, Timothy, take what I've given you and you entrust it to faithful men who will then entrust it to faithful men also. You have four transfers happening mm-hmm. there. You know, that entrusting isn't just a call for pastors, that's everybody. Parents even with their children. But to do it in a way so that they can do it mm-hmm. with the next person the next generation mm-hmm. yeah I, I went through and kind of wrote down some different relationships that i was seeing through scripture yeah. so i had like eli and samuel mm-hmm. um, and i mean the big takeaway from their relationship was that eli or uh, i'm sorry samuel was more so a, a, or eli either way it was more so a mentor relationship um you know they did everything together and they you know they worked together they ate together and then I had Moses and Joshua. Uh, I said the takeaway was Moses always taught Joshua the way he should live his life according to God's law. And Moses also trusted J- Joshua. There was a trust, trust factor. You have Priscilla and Aquila with Apollos, uh, Paul and Titus, Paul, which you mentioned, uh, Paul and Timothy. And then lastly, I had Jesus and the disciples. So, I mean, the Bible is such a relational book. Like, all throughout the scriptures, we see relationship, relationship, relationship. And that just points to the main relationship that we're supposed to have with Jesus. Yeah, and the, you know. even the different passages, I had Galatians chapter 6 here, when you see someone struggling in a sin, yeah, it's a responsibility that we have to seek to restore that person mm-hmm. with gentleness, obviously caring for our own hearts. Um, it, it's all throughout scripture mm-hmm. of the responsibility that believers have toward each other of, I do, I, we need to take responsibility and ownership of each other's spiritual growth. Yeah. Like, it's not just I'm in my own little silo world for Steve Strong trying to go closer to Christ and trying to be obedient and holy and grow in sanctification, but 
you know, I can't just totally individualize myself. It, I have a responsibility yeah. well, to others. Yeah, and, well, and, and why would you help other people that are brothers and sisters in Christ? Why? Why would you? Yeah, why would Well, you? part of it is it's the dynamic of yeah. what I've been su- saved Well, into. we're supposed to love each other. That's right. right? There's, there's supposed to be a deep love and sacrifice and commitment to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Yep. So. Good. I was going to say, and you can't do that on, on an island. Like you're saying, if, yeah. you, if you withdraw to your silo, you, you know, what, what happens to a body part that's been severed? Unless it gets reattached to the body, it dies. Yeah. Unless and it's so, a lizard, right? Unless it's a lizard, then they just grow another <laughs> whatever. But, or starfish or, or whatever else. Um, yeah, but yeah, like, I mean, if you lose a finger, yeah. you only have a certain amount of time to get that finger reattached yeah. before it's, it's gone. Yep. And so yeah. to remove yourself from, and I think that's one of the, you know, Steve, you talked about the, the analogy of the body that Paul uses multiple times. Like, that's one of the things that's amazing about that is even back then, you, that would have been a known understanding that if you lose a finger, lose a hand, you know, time's ticking. Yep. And I mean, so, so too is it for the believer. And, you know, we can't, we can't withdraw from the body and expect to maintain our health. Sure. And I, we can't even accomplish that just on Sundays. Right. You know, I think there needs to be that intention of outside of Sunday what relationships am I fostering mm-hmm. um, as an alongsider? It's good. Uh, we've mentioned some of the examples in Scripture. Um, who, uh, Dre, I think you've mentioned um, mentioned a number of them. Ryan, who do you have down in terms of who would be someone that you would point to in Scripture as a good example of what this looks like? So Paul was, um, you know, aside from, aside from Christ and the disciples, Paul was the other person where my mind immediately went to both with his, his relationship with Timothy and also with Titus. Uh, and I think we can see that in the pastoral epistles. Uh, we can see that in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy. We see it in Titus. And it's, you know, as Paul addresses those individuals, you know, 1 Timothy, he writes, to Timothy, my true child in the faith. Mm-hmm. You know, in Titus 1, he writes, to Titus, my, tr- my true child in a common faith. Um, you know, and then in 2 Timothy, Paul writes, to Timothy, my beloved child. You know, like that there's... And he's not establishing in those letters new information necessarily for them as much as he is calling them back to uh, a perseverance or, um, you know, the foundational beliefs of Christianity. Um, And so that's obviously Paul's, you know, where my mind went after Christ. And just because we have such a, a blatant example of it in his letters to those two men. Yeah, to run off that Timothy, I, Paul and Timothy is one that I had down. I think in Acts chapter 16, Timothy and Silas go off on that second missionary journey. And the very first city that they're in, um, I think it's Lystra, Derby and Lystra, you know, Paul sees Timothy and says, come on. Yes. I think that initiative on Paul's part. Yep needs needs to happen more often mm-hmm. where you know there are people at grace that in whatever they're doing have targeted someone and says hey come on you know this idea of a long sighting is not going to happen naturally mm-hmm. um 
obviously in our homes and with our children and our spouses, that is just going to naturally kind of spill over. But uh, it, it takes intention. Mm-hmm. And I challenge everybody who's listening to this and challenge everybody at our, at our church to do what Paul did here, to find someone and say, hey, come on, let's, let's do this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, let's spend some time together, but take the initiative. Um, and I think that's important. Uh, also with Paul, I had Paul and Timothy down here as well. You know, I, Paul was just up front. And telling Timothy in Second Timothy, you know, follow, follow me. Follow the example that mm-hmm. I'm giving to you. I think he says in Second Timothy 1, 8 to 14, follow the pattern of sound words that you've heard from me. But then I love what he says in chapter 3, verse 10. You know, you have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim of life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, persecution, sufferings. Um, you know, here's Paul willing to tell Timothy, live life the way I've lived life. You've heard what I've taught you, follow it. Mm-hmm. You've heard what I've portrayed to you and your conduct on how to live, follow that. Paul, you've seen, or Timothy, you've seen my aim in life. What I've been aiming for with my life, follow it. Timothy, you've seen how I've handled the persecutions and the sufferings, follow it. I think that's an important um, kind of aspect of what alongsiding is. Mm-hmm. Of do you see the way I've lived my life, and to live a life in a kind of way that it's followable, right? You know. What else do you guys see? Well, I just want to go back to what you were saying about us being intentional. I feel like, you know, being in youth ministry, teens are not necessarily going to pursue people to have them pour into them. I think the same thing with young adults, people, you know, 30s, 40s. They're not going to seek people. I mean, it will happen. Sure. But the majority of people are looking for others to seek them to pour into them. Yep. You know, and so I think... I think that's something that we need to uh, to take away is the fact that we do we as people who want to become alongside with others we have to seek them and pour into them. That's right, take the initiative. Yeah, yep. take the initiative. We can't just wait around for someone to to ask. That's right, to ask <laughs> to ask yep. to be alongside. And I think Dre, to your point, you know, if we don't do it because we don't think that they want it because they haven't asked for it, I think what you're saying kind of counters that. Mm-hmm is that they want it. Oh yeah, they want it. They want it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think everyone when it boils down to it, they want it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I had I asked a professor when I was in college mm-hmm. to kind of do this with me and he said yeah. no. He said no. He said but, no. I was like, "What?" Yeah. Um but uh but yeah, I think there needs to be that intention to I mean, he had his good reasons. Yeah. But I'm sure he did. That's right. <laughs> How can you say no to me? Yeah. <laughs> No, that's probably why he said no. <laughs> um, two more examples I at least want to throw out there. Maybe our, you know, people here at Grace can follow up with them a little more. I'd encourage people to just look at the pattern of Jesus' ministry with his disciples through the book of Matthew. Um, 
with his disciples, you see a progression and a pattern. Is that him? And um, you see a progression, you see a pattern with his disciples where he begins with, follow me. And then his disciples, it's watch me. It's work with me. It's join me and then it's work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and as he sends his disciples off, but that takes time. That was a three-year process, mm-hmm. you know, from the time of, hey, follow me to work for me when Jesus is saying that. Right. Um, and that, and that, go ahead. that period of time, A, it's lengthy, but it's, it's not going to be a quick turnaround. That's right. On this, it's going to take time to develop the relationship yeah. and really, because I think if you try to do it move quickly, it's easy to stay surface level and yeah. never really get at the heart of, yeah. of anything. Yep. Yeah. And so being patient, taking the time, mm-hmm. and um, you know, working to that point uh, where it's just don't try to rush the process. Yeah. That's right. Well, I think about uh, a pastor in Buffalo I talked with. He was talking to me about whenever you enter into ministry, um, the, the most you're, you know, if you're there for a longer period of time, you're going to see things happen in people's lives. Mm-hmm. So. Longevity is longevity. longevity. Yep. That's right. Yeah. It's huge. Well, if the fact that you've been here 21 years, you know, you've, you've seen stuff that most people probably haven't. You have relationships with people that others don't. You know right. what I mean? It's worth so, it. Yeah. You can't, you can't manufacture what longevity no. No. produces no. And, and provides. I mean, even Jesus with his three and a half years with his disciples, I mean, that took time. Yep. And we're in a culture where we want to rush everything. Yes. Especially in relationships. Yep. So. One more, I think, example I think is worth at least putting out there for our people. Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 11 is with Paul's conversion and the role that Barnabas played for Paul. Oh, um, Barnabas. Yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, there he is in Damascus, you know, the guy that was persecuting the church. God miraculously converts him, transforms him. Talk about a 180-degree change in his life. And, of course, all the other believers are like, this is just a tactic. Yeah. He's just trying to get in. Uh, who was it, though? It was Barnabas. It was Barnabas in Jerusalem. You know, here he is, Paul, back on his home turf there in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. proclaiming Jesus Christ as the Messiah, the crucified one. No, we don't. this can't be the... Who is there? It's Barnabas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Barnabas taking Paul out of Jerusalem, taking him to Caesarea, and then... A couple chapters later, you know, Barnabas is going to Antioch and he realizes, hey, they need some, they need some teaching. Mm-hmm. And who does Barnabas go get? He goes and gets Paul. He goes to Tarsus, gets Paul, brings him back, and they preach and teach together. You know, I love Barnabas is, he gives Paul his chance. Yep. You know, and puts him out there and, and he says, listen, I'm with this guy, almost putting his own reputation on the line and saying, let's go. And I think that's, he, I think in a lot of ways, my, my reading a little bit or think about it, he empowered Paul. Yeah. He was right there with him and said, I, I know what everybody's thinking. I see the truth. I see your call and, and just put him in a position. Yeah. Um, Being that encourager. Yes. To, you know, I'm, I'm sure there were times where, you know, you'd want to throw in the towel, so to speak. And that one word of encouragement can really just keep the ball moving and keep you moving. And, you know, that's, 
I think an aim for all of us is to to be a Barnabas for somebody. Yep. You know, to be encouraging, and that's part of our alongsiding is that encouraging aspect of it. To be that trampoline for other people. Yep. So, well, let's talk about this third area. What are some areas of Christ likeness that I I need to be looking for in the one that I am coming alongside of? Um, you know, there's always a, you know, if we're, you know. Dre, you and I were good baseball guys. Mm -hmm. If we want a good baseball player to be developed and a guy that we're coaching, there's certain things that we're looking for to see happen. What might be some of those things for a believer that we're coming alongside? Mm -hmm. What is it that we want to see? How would you guys give some direction for that? I I think one of the first things we should be looking for is do they love God and do they love others? You know, just breaking down Jesus's greatest commandment he gives us to love God and love others. Are they doing that? Mm-hmm. How are they doing that? Uh, is it visible? You know, that's, it, that's the, one of the first things. Very I'm first, bottom for. line. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Greatest commandment. Yep. yep. Seconds like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I, Colossians 3 kind of came to mind. Um, Dude, you stole mine. Oh. Did I? It's okay. It's, we can re- it's an do awesome an, passage. Do you want to read it together? Or I'll read it and you can talk about Simultaneously it. Simultaneously <laughs> so read it together. So I had it down 3, 1 through 17. That's what I had. Okay, I, so I was going to awesome focus in just on 12 through 15. So it's all good. Do you wanna... Read it, man. We'll right, let our so, people read the whole thing. On all right, so starting in verse 12 of Colossians 3, it's put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if any, if if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body. And be thankful. Keep going, dude. Do fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Oh, I don't or have Or sixteen and seventeen. Go ahead. You take sixteen, okay. seventeen. Okay. He's like, that's the good it. stuff, that's man. Good He's one, like, man. that's the. <laughs> so it says, "Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs, hymns, spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through Him." What are some of those things there? You picked that for a reason. What were some of the ones that? I mean, We're just out working you. right through the compassionate hearts, kindness, mm-hmm. humility, meekness, patience, forgiveness, love, peace, and thankfulness, just in those four verses that I read. Yep. And that pairs well. You know, I had Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, the fruit of the then, Spirit. Then, you know, it's a parallel kind of passage yeah. there. I like the, I had written down three, as I was thinking through that, I had I got that pastor's mind. You know, how could we summarize these things? Did you alliterate it? But no, oh, come it's on. kind of, no. but it's not totally. <laughs> it's you know one of the things that stuck out in that Galatians three or excuse me Colossians three was just there's a sturdiness to someone's faith. Mm. You know, and so we're looking as we're working with people. Obviously, it's a lifelong process, but we want to see a sturdiness, firm in the faith. I think is what he writes. Um, and he would write that also to the Thessalonians. But there's a sturdiness in our faith. In other words, there's not a, a back and forth. There's, there's not a wavering. There's a, yeah. I'm looking to see a sturdiness in a person's faith. And so when the so-called hypothetical waves of life are crashing right. in, there's a strength. Yeah. Yeah. Like James it, talks about. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm working and I'm encouraging, and I, I want to see in that person 
a firmness and faith. Yeah. The second thing here, and this is kind of, is a fruitfulness in their living. Mm. Yeah. That's, you know, where there's the joy, there's the love, there's the peace. Um, the, no matter what's going on in their life, um, and I, I love how he puts it here, is that it's the peace of Christ that is ruling yeah. in your heart. I think that's, I think that's huge because we live in a world of just craziness mm-hmm. where it just fuels insecurity it fuels fear, but for someone who's walking, it, it, it's, it's what's ruling their heart is peace. Out of trust for God, their position with God. Um, and then the other one that I wrote down here and kind of trying to summarize all of this is, is that there's a wisdom in their thinking. And what, I, what my mind is gravitating toward is at the beginning of chapter 3 here in Colossians, talks about having your mind that you're seeking the things that are above mm-hmm. you know i think jesus in the sermon of mount it's like seek first the things that are in heaven yeah and seek first the kingdom of god and that's you know that's a mindset that's a whole that's a world of view if you will that's a way of thinking about their life you know how are they thinking about their marriage how are they thinking about their kids how are they thinking about their employment about their finance you know there's having the mind of jesus and an eternal kingdom type mindset that is how they're evaluating the things that are going on in their lives mm-hmm. what else you guys have uh, I had forgiveness you know the ability to forgive other people you know I think that's it's important it's <laughs> you very- know I don't I don't have any passages for it but you know, I think forgiveness, are they able to forgive people who have wronged them, you know, because we've experienced true forgiveness. So, mm-hmm. Just some passages for our people probably to look at. Obviously, we're, you know, we're, we could be doing this forever yeah. looking at all these yeah. things, but I would encourage our people to look at Philippians 2, mm-hmm. Galatians 5 that we just mentioned uh, with the fruit of the Spirit, Ephesians chapter 4, mm-hmm. 4 and 5 that talk about the putting off and the putting on. Mm-hmm. You know, these are some of those descriptors of this is what we're looking for. Um, Colossians 3, huge. I think it's great. First um, Thessalonians chapter 2. Um, I think these would all be good passages for our people to just kind of swim in a little bit and to start thinking of, all right, what do I want to start seeing mm-hmm. in those people that are coming alongside us? Mm-hmm. So... All right. Anything else that you guys want to, any other thoughts before we wrap this one up? No, I think we've got no. some good homework. That's right. Yeah, I would, whoever's listening, I think one of the things we talked about, find your one, you know, mm-hmm. who are you going to be a Barnabas to, who are you going to be a Paul to? Find the one person that you're going to intentionally um, come alongside over these next couple of weeks and then take the steps to do that. All right, let's wrap it up. I think that's all for now. Until the next episode, God bless. Thanks for listening.